What do you do if a winter storm leaves you under three feet of snow? You pull out the toboggan, bundle up, and celebrate the joy of winter. If you're a new Belgian brewer, you decide there's no better place to weather a storm than a brewery, and you start experimenting. Hmm, what about this dark caramel roasted midnight wheat? Shovel it in. A blizzard of hops? Why not? We present our new winter seasonal, Snow Day Winter Ale. New Belgian Brewing. Follow your folly. Ours is beer. This is The Shorts, and you're listening to The Dirtbag Diaries. I was 19 when I interviewed for a position with the Mount Hood Meadows Ski Patrol. I've been skiing for eight years, I remember telling the director. I can get down just about anything I want to standing up, some things with more grace than others. The rest of the interview must have gone well. She caught my arm as I walked out of the job fair and told me I had the position if I wanted it. I didn't exactly lie about my skiing ability, but I definitely didn't tell the whole truth. I'd been skiing at Meadows for eight years, but on a good year I'd put in maybe ten days. I could get down just about anything standing up, but only if I sideslipped slowly enough. I wasn't being intentionally deceptive or suicidal. I just hadn't skied enough to know how much of a gaper I actually was. During preseason orientation, our training coordinator gave us the rundown of our training deadlines. By the end of the first week, we had to load and unload a chairlift with a 60-pound toboggan on our lap. By the end of the second week, we had to ski an empty toboggan to anywhere in the resort and a toboggan with the patient in it down any of the groomed runs. By the end of the month, we should be able to assist an injured guest anywhere on the mountain, probe a buried transceiver in under three minutes, and pass a ski test. I was nervous. I still hadn't wrapped my head around loading a chairlift with a backpack much less an awkward, person-length plexiglass sled. I simply couldn't comprehend driving a toboggan down a double black diamond, even without a person in it, mainly because I had never actually looked down a double black diamond before. The signs at the gate said something about cliffs, waterfalls, and experts only. So I had always given the boundaries a little extra berth. Like I thought that if I got too close to the orange rope line, I might inadvertently wind up on top of a cliff but I figured that they had hired me and they would teach me what I needed to know. If they thought those deadlines were reasonable, they probably knew better than I did. So I moved into my first ever apartment, purchased my first ever pair of skis, and waited for the snow to hit. The snow hit, and it hit hard. Over 800 inches of snow landed on the resort that season, making it the biggest snow year on record at Meadows. To put it lightly, we got hammered. So did my naive confidence. Just make it happen. Those were the words printed on the back of the patrol sweatshirts. This wasn't horseshoes or history class. There was no almost in getting a rope line up before 8.55 or getting a patient safely down the hill. My first week, One of the veteran patrollers, Randy, took me out to get acquainted with the terrain. 
I stood at the top of a moderately steep, relatively short black diamond and watched him link a series of four textbook turns through the northwest early season mashed potatoes. He turned to wait for me at the bottom. I took a deep breath, pushed myself off the lip, and proceeded to trip over my tips, tomahawk down a quarter of the run, and lose both of my skis in the process. It took me five minutes to retrieve them, figure out how to get the snow out of my bindings, and click back in. I did this two more times before I finally made it to the bottom, snow-covered and mortified. Randy shook his head, looking thoroughly unimpressed. Abruptly, I realized that these people, many of whom had been patrolling for half as long as I had been alive, weren't going to stand around patiently coaching me into the patroller they knew I could be. They expected me to prove myself, and I had just failed the first of many tests. Randy's reaction was subtle compared to the others. My training coordinator threatened to put me in ski lessons. Our snow safety director, watching me struggle to sidestep over a cut bank, stopped the lecture he was giving to ask, Okay, you know you have to pass a ski test, right? And my supervisor, Skip, and I added fuel daily to a quickly growing mutual hate. I'd sneak back into crowded patrol headquarters for a cup of coffee. Without fail, Skip would catch me within a couple of sips and order me back outside. I tried laughing it off. I tried politely asking if I could finish my coffee first. I pointed out that I had been the last one to walk in the door, that my jacket hadn't unfrozen yet, or that I still had walking pneumonia. Inevitably, this disintegrated into a yelling match that ended in him telling me to harden the fuck up and tacking something else to fix or de-ice onto my project list. I spent the next few months scared. My alarm would go off at 4.45 in the morning and I would wake up scared. Drive to work scared that my 88 Volvo wagon would get stuck or spin off the road, again, somewhere in the middle of the half-hour snow-covered commute. I spent my days scared of falling, scared of missing a turn and ending up on the wrong run, and mostly scared of disappointing my coworkers. By the time I got home in the evening, damp, too exhausted to do anything but eat and sleep, I was already scared for the next morning. I have no idea why I didn't quit. I thought about it at least a few times a day. My fellow rookies encouraged me not to give up. Many of them had found themselves in a similar position, though all of them had at least a few years on me. And there were other small acts of kindness. The incredible patience of my director, empathy from a few of the female patrollers, or the time a second-year patroller spent 20 minutes helping me click back into my snow-caked bindings because the din was set so low they had fallen off as I slogged through the heavy snow in the flats. I stayed, in part, simply because I didn't know what I would do if I left, and in part because I had never failed so epically at anything in my life, and I was just too stubborn to walk away. I'd run out of ideas for earning my coworkers' respect, 
so I resolved to avoid them by spending as much time outside as possible. I started making my own project lists. Mental notes of signs to fix, rope lines to de-ice, tower pads to dig out of the snow, and doing them before anyone could tell me to. When someone did ask me to do something, I would just nod and click back into my skis. Something happened in the process. It wasn't like I went to work one day and found myself transformed into a great patroller, or even like there was a distinct turning point when I realized that things were starting to go more smoothly. More like, one morning, riding up the chairlift to our daily debrief, I caught myself mesmerized by the silhouette of the hall rope against the white snow and the orange and red clouds of the sunrise, and was vaguely startled when I realized that for those eight minutes, I hadn't been terrified for the rest of the day. I felt lucky. By the time spring finally fought its way out from under the wrath of La Nina, I found myself staying on top of my skis more and more often. I got more confident driving toboggans. I ran through a flawless medical scenario and got my clearance to tend to injured patients. The head of the snow safety kicked me out of the patrol headquarters before opening one powder morning to go collect my powder paycheck. The yelling matches got quieter. The following season, my training coordinator showed up at my house to drive me to Napa Auto Parts to get a new battery for my car, and then insisted on taking me grocery shopping and to the yarn store when it turned out that the battery wasn't the issue. My third season, I dragged more injured guests off the hill than any other patroller. It was also the season that I stood at the top of a long, steep bowl in the middle of a whiteout with Randy. We talked about the snowpack. He smiled told me to watch him, and disappeared, bouncing legs first into the fog. I followed him down some of the best powder turns of my life and found him waiting for me at the bottom, grinning like a little boy. My fourth season, I stopped by Skip's house to bake a batch of cookies. We've been close friends ever since. These days, I'm proud to call those people not only coworkers and friends, but family. Last year, I moved to Seattle to finish my bachelor's degree and was only able to patrol on my breaks from school. I miss that family every day, but I'm grateful to know I have a home and a job waiting for me. While I don't have any desire to relive that first season, I can honestly say I'm grateful for what I went through. Yard sales, yelling matches, and all. Not only did it turn me into a capable patroller, it forced me into a thick skin and taught me that whatever mashed potatoes I find myself tripping through, I can find a way to make it happen. My name is Jen Alchel, and this is my short. Jen has been a member of our Diaries team for the last few months working as an intern. We've been stoked to have her around and all the valuable thought and creativity she's provided us. Music today by The More Shallows, Secret Codes, and The Glitch Mob. You can download the tracks for free from our website, dirtbagdiaries.com. The diaries would not be possible without New Belgium Brewing, who encourages you to follow your folly. You can celebrate the winter wonder with their Snow Day Winter Ale. If you visit their website and buy some cheers-inducing glassware, 
They'll donate a buck to a good cause. So check it out at newbelgium.com. Support for the show also comes from Kuat Racks, makers of a better bike rack. Their design team bikes a lot, complains a lot, thinks a lot, and then mashes it all together to redesign and perfect their products. You can see their full lineup at kuatracks.com. Additional support comes from the good people at Patagonia. Visit them online at patagonia.com. I'm Fitzcahal, that was Jen Alchel, and you've been listening to The Dirtbag Diaries. <laughs>